Welcome to another episode of Conversations with Lamp. I'm your host, James Lampkin. And my guest today is an amazing musician. He's had the honor of performing with Michael Jackson, Earth, Wind & Fire. Um, he helped with the musical score of Dave Chappelle Block Party. And he was the first African-American to record a live album at the Kimball Center. Mr. Jeff Bradshaw, thank you for joining me. Hey man, thank you for having me, good brother. Hey, uh, thank you, look, brother, with your credentials and you've been performing with. It's an honor to have you on my podcast. I truly appreciate it. Um, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. First of all, how did you even get your start in music? Oh, God. <laughs> how much, how long is this podcast? <laughs> and look, um, we got all the time you need. <laughs> uh, um, my father was a musician. I was born and raised in a church you may or may not be familiar with. Uh, called the United House of Prayer for All People, uh, which is where I was born and raised, uh, which uh, gospel brass bands are the feature in the music ministry. Uh, and so I was surrounded by, you know, gospel brass and, you know, brass instrumentation my, uh, growing up my entire life. Uh, and so um, that's where it started for me. Uh, and of course, there was music in the home, you know, brought up in a a beautiful uh, religious home uh, in the Richard Island, uh, Richard Island uh, near the Richard Island Projects called the Cambridge Mall Projects in North Philadelphia. We lived a block away from our church. And, wow. uh, and, and that's where I first encountered uh, trombones and sax and trumpet and all of that growing up. Then uh, I, was, I realized, you know, growing up that I, I had been born with most of what I needed, <laughs> um, I, I could just, I guess, because my father was a musician who played about five instruments, trombone, trumpet, baritone, tuba, guitar, he sang. Um, I think because my father was such a, an amazing musician um, that God gave me what I needed right in my mother's womb. And uh, wow. so there's no musical institution that could take credit for what I have and what I have accomplished, it's all God. and what he gave me, you know, down through my father. Uh, he gave me everything I needed uh, uh, to tell my story um, musically uh, in this, in, uh, and tell my journey. Um, it was, you know, it's, it's just, uh, being open to, you know, that many horns and being raised around that in church, man, was just, that I believe was the catalyst for uh, catapulting my mind into all things music and then growing up and listening to uh, Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones and, and I had, my, my listening ear was to everything. Bella Fleck and the Fleck Tones, all kind of fusion jazz, funk, soul music, R&B, Aretha Marvin, Bob Marley, uh, Smokey, Sam Cooke, um, Junior Walker and the All-Stars, and of course, James Brown um, is kind of where I landed, uh, even though there were so many greats like Slide Hampton, the great Slide Hampton and J.J. Johnson and all of these great trombone players and Coltrane and Bird and Miles and Dizzy. And there's so many, you know, all the way to the piano players that I listen to, like, you know, Oscar Peterson, Earl Gardner, Art Tatum, and, uh, you know, I mean, Duke Ellington, obviously. Where would jazz be without Louis Armstrong and Duke Ellington? You know, I mean, but I wasn't a jazz head. Hmm. I was a gospel, soul music, funk head. <laughs> like, that's the music that I was inspired by the most. I love jazz, absolutely, still do, always have, always will be. But that's not what made me excited about hearing music. You know, growing up in church, like, that's my father taught me how to play. That's how he started me, playing old gospel hymns. Uh, you know, Peace Be Still and Amazing Grace. Master, 
Like that's how I learned how to play trombone. Like how old, how old were you when you when you would say you actually got comfortable with playing the trombone? Comfortable is an idea. Um, I, I, I started off on drums. <clears throat> I started off on drums. I played um, some trumpet, uh, some baritone, some tuba. Uh, trum, trum, trombone was last. Um, oh. I settled. I settled on trombone professionally. Uh, trombone was the instrument that I chose professionally. Um, I played many instruments, but trombone was the, the instrument that I settled on. Probably, uh, I would say, by the time I got into my teenage years. Why the trombone? Um, it was a natural fit for me. My dad played it. Um, Going through school, I always gave the, I was talked about in interviews that when I went to school and uh, they told everybody to stand by the instrument that you want to play. <laughs> like drums over here, saxes, guitars, blah, 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 trumpets, tubas, and trombones. There was a stack of trombones in the corner and nobody was over there but me. Wow. Nobody wanted to play trombone. And I was like, are y'all kidding? I was like, after watching my father play trombone in church and making it, making hearing it sing, making it sound like nothing I'd ever heard anywhere else, um, except in the church that I had been raised in, uh, the United House of Prayer, um, trombone was an easy, easy choice for me, mm. <laughs> you know. And uh, and I knew that, and and also, as far as I'm concerned, when played the right way, the trombone is like the closest thing to the human voice. Mm. Like people used to say saxophone. Saxophone is not the closest thing to the human voice. I believe the trombone is the closest thing to you because you can't slide with a sax. You can't go, ah, ah, ah. like you can do that with a trombone mm. because the slide gives it that human element. You know, so especially if you if you if you learn to play it that way, that's the way I learned to play it. I learned to play it like a singer, not. Like I learned my scales later, my scales and and um, some theory of the horn later uh, after having lessons and and listening to such great music and shedding. But I learned to play a horn. I learned to play the trombone the way a singer learns to sing. So the trombone, it's not really a horn to me. It's more of, of an extension of my voice. How, so what, at what age did you, did you just, did you realize that you would make music a career? Oh, God. <laughs> a career? Um, <laughs> Uh, probably 27 years ago, 26 years ago, probably about 93. I knew that once I walked away from my job in Pennsylvania at the Philadelphia Electric Company at Pico, I walked away and I was like, I, I can't punch a clock, punch another clock. I was like, I have to give this my all. And, you know, I'll drink mud and eat dirt sandwiches before I go back to punch another clock. I know this is what I'm, I know this is what I should be doing. Wow. And I'm not going to, you know, I know success in this business is for me. I feel it in my, I feel it in my bones and my heart and in my soul that this was for me. And I didn't, it didn't matter that I played trombone and that there were kind of like no mainstream trombone players. You know, it was like tons of sax players. It's like, oh, so-and-so, Dave Kyes, Bonnie James, uh, you, know, uh, you know, Gerald Albright, all these great people, Kurt Willem. It was like, but there were no like trombone players out front. Like, this is their band, this is the artist, you know? And I was like, why can't it be me? You know, um, I felt like, I'm a child of the king, 
God can do anything. He gave me this gift. He gave me this talent. When I tell people I'm self-taught, they look at me like I have 10 heads. It's like, you're what? Wait a minute. The show I just watched. <laughs> like, you didn't go to school? For I'm like, no, no, no. Yeah, that's hard for me to believe as well. <laughs> You're like, no, no, no. This is all God. Whatever he gave me and me uh, me sharpening my tool, you know, just me sharpening my tools and shedding and uh, uh, constantly um, trying to be better, trying to be a better musician and artist. And, um, you know, I knew success was in my reach. And I wasn't, and still never going to allow anybody to tell me I can't have it. Wow. What would you say your big, what would you say your first breakthrough moment was that you, you realized, you know what, I belong here and success is going to happen for me? Um, there were several moments. Um, breakthrough moments. Um, I think historically, um, my first single, 2003 on my first album, Bone Deep. The song called Slide. With Jill Scott? Yes, sir. Uh, produced by June Burvine. Uh, written by Jill Scott, featuring Jill Scott. And my video um, for Slide featuring Jill that Jill directed. Wow. It was Jill's directorial debut. I never seen and, the video. I heard the song, yeah. but I never seen the video. Oh yeah, it's cool, man. I'm gonna check it out. <laughs> oh, it's, it's 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 pretty damn it's pretty damn cool. And it was on one of six in part, the new joint of the day. Hmm. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> how about uh, 2003. Where? I was I, I think I was still in the military, so that's probably why I don't. <laughs> yeah. 2003. Before iTunes, before iPhones, um, Slide was released to the world. Uh, much love to Steve McKeever, the president of Hidden Beach Records that gave me a shot. Took a chance on a trombone player from the hood in North Philly and gave me an opportunity to share my music with the world. Big shout out to Steve McKeever. Um, and the whole Hidden Beach uh, recording family. Charles Whitfield, Bruce Rucker, Thornell Jones, like the whole crew, man. And um, uh, <clears throat> um, he signed a trombone player. Wow. And I was, uh, I was like, I'm telling you, if you give me a shot, I can pull together some really cool people to, and make this album an event. <clears throat> and uh, he was like, what? I was like, yeah. And so I let him hear a couple of things that I had done. And he was like, all right, let's do it. And um, I signed uh, my deal in 2002. And we released Bone Deep in 2003, which led out the gate with my first single slide and video. And it was on, BET was there recording the making of the video. And then mm. BET... BT ran slide the making the BT ran you know Jeff Bradshaw featuring Jill Scott the making of slide and BT ran a ran a show called them uh, you know when they were doing the making of the video and uh, yeah. like a documentary kind of show when they showed Jill directing the show and me talking to me and different people that were there Michael Grant former heavyweight champion and uh, Kendrick the Family Soul was there uh, Music Soul Child was there. Yeah, we shot it at the uh, the historic Zanzibar Blue Jazz Club in Philadelphia. Um, yeah, but it was awesome because when I asked Jill to do the song and I sent her the music um, before she sang one note, she told me what she hadn't gone into the studio to record the song yet. And she told me what the video was, what the story was about. And it was like Harlem Nights. Mm. It was like... It looked like Harlem Nights, like it takes place in the 30s. And, um, you know, it's the girls going out with their girlfriends at night. You know, it's, it's, it's all about the week. We worked all week. Now we going out to hit, you know, hit the club. 
you know, <laughs> on, on the weekend, you know, on a Friday night. And she painted and she was like, it takes place in the thirties. And like what we look like as black and brown people and how we got down, mm. how, how we dressed and how we got down. And, and that was the premise of the video. And, you know, she had that vision and she saw it and she directed it. And it was, it's a really, really cool video. It remind, it's definitely got the Hall of Nights thing on it. Believe I'm gonna go check beautiful. it out. I'm gonna oh, make man. sure I check it it's out. It's a really cool video, man. It's so cool. And uh, so that was a breaking moment for me. Um, playing on the, uh, when the, um, when the Kimmel Center album, the Jeff Bradshaw and Friends Home, One Night at the Kimmel Center. That's the title of the album. When that album came out, um, uh, that was the high moment when I was able, uh, when I got to perform on the Tonight Show as a guest. Wow. Um, that's on YouTube, on Jimmy Fallon on Tonight Show with the Roots. Um, I have several moments, man. Uh, shooting Till Tomorrow, um, the first single off my second album, Bon Appetit, featuring Raheem Devon and Miss Jade. Uh, Till Tomorrow. We shot that video uh, in my penthouse. <laughs> Literally. Literally. We, wow. shot half, we shot half the video in my penthouse, and we shot the other half of the video at a club in Philly, which is now closed, called The Milk Bar. Mm. Yeah, wow. that was directed by Devin Hampton. Really, really fine director and good friend of mine. And uh, um, filmmaker, uh, good friend, and uh, Raheem was it was it was a good time. And then uh, uh, another powerful moment: uh, shooting the video for "Got Till It's Gone," also on the Bon Appetit album. The Bon Appetit album was a double album. Huh. So I, had, I had a double album that both albums. It was Bon Appetit. Main course was part one, and the second, the double, the second of the double CD was called Bon Appetit Duoc Some Corps, which is second course in French. Hmm. Say? <laughs> so it all came out together, right? They came out together, well, but they had to be released separately. So they came out together. Oh. But both albums individually, the Bon Appetit album. Uh, main course, like volume one and volume two, both debuted in the top 20. Wow. It was the first time in 40 years that somebody released a double album and both albums debuted in the top 20. I'm going to be honest. I've never, I'm a, so I'm going to interrupt you for a second. I've never heard, at least me personally, whenever I hear double album, I always think of them together but you right. released them separately they had to be wow yeah they couldn't they not not separately but it was volume one and volume two but we released them together what i'm saying is we released the album together but it was a deluxe set so you had, oh, okay you okay. have there was the regular born appetite album and then i had the deluxe set which was volume one and volume two oh and course okay. and dorks and core so yes it's yeah yeah okay okay you, yeah. And then in the bio, I mentioned that. What was it like working with um, Earth, Wind, and Fire? Oh, my God. Keith Peltzer, Darren Henson, uh, two of the six producers, which I believe are were the um, or seven producers, which were, or eight producers, which were part of members of the architects of the Philly neo-soul sound. Um, uh, these are the guys who did uh, the Florici album. These are the guys who did uh, some work on the Music Soul Child album. These are the guys who did, these particular two guys did um, He Loves Me by Jill Scott. The, the guys who did it, uh, the guys who did uh, It's Love. Oh, yeah, okay. familiar with that. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the producers who did It's Love. You know, I did It's Love, too. That's me playing the horn, so It's Love. Did oh, you know really? <laughs> I didn't, no, I didn't know that part. Cause yeah. so I'm a, let me tell you about that song real quick. Cause it is being that I'm close from the DC area, it has that go go sound to it. Of course, that's exactly what it is. <laughs> like, 
we did, they did that song for that reason. And um, uh, because we in Philly love Go-Go, you know? Oh, I didn't so, know that. Um, yeah, we love Go-Go in Philly. Um, so, um, uh, yeah, Keith, yeah, we did. So we did It's Love. I did the horns on It's Love. Hmm. How about wow. that? A lot of people probably don't know that. Yeah, I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. I did the horns just love. Me and a trumpet player from Philly named Jafar Barron, who also was instrumental in getting getting my start on the club scene in Philly. Um uh yeah, so uh uh these these amazing producers, uh Keith indeed uh um had Earth Wind and Fire was in town. Uh, working on their album Illuminations, which they also work with Raphael Sadiq and other artists uh, on that album. And they did a song called Elevated, featuring Floetry. And uh, uh, we played on that song, put the horns on that. It's a really cool song. It's called Elevated, featuring Floetry. To hear Marsha and Philip Belly singing together was like, what? Yeah. <laughs> it was kind of crazy to hear those voices sing together. And the late, great Maurice White was still with us and was there and i got to meet and talk with him and record horns on an earth wind and fire song with maurice white sitting on the other side of the glass looking at you <laughs> I, don't, I don't i don't know if you quite understand the power of that the power of recording horns on an earth wind and fire song in philly and Maurice White being there, sitting there, looking through the glass at you, not like nodding his head. Did yeah. you feel pressure? Uh, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I mean, these are our heroes. These are some of our musical heroes. It was Maurice White, Verdine White, and Philip Bailey. Mm. We're in the studio looking through the glass at us. <laughs> I mean, obviously, we got the phone calls because we hit makers. That's what we do, right. you know? And, you know, and that's the confidence that you have to have when you're working with such icons, you know? And they were the sweetest, nicest men. Um, some of the, they were some of the sweetest, nicest men I'd ever met. Wow. They were just, they were like big brothers you know, and just always willing to teach. They always, for some reason, man, they just, the icons, man, the legends, they always have this, I mean, the real ones. The one, <laughs> the one, the, I mean, the real legends, right. the real icons, the ones that, things that they, their contributions to music changed music. Like their contributions enhanced genres of music crossed genres of music you know earth wind and fire you can hear earth wind and fire on every radio station except country and probably gospel <laughs> but you right. can hear earth wind and fire on pop radio r&b radio rock where they play earth wind and fire stuff everywhere you know um but yeah that was a moment um uh you know i always try to make sure that i give credit to the people who put me in position to be in those places like the Dave Chappelle Block Party and and to be on um probably the first major recording was probably doing the horns for Erica Badu's other side of the game. What mm. you doing to come for you? That's an amazing song right there. Yeah. I'm on I play horns on that song. Mm. <laughs> but because the phone call came from uh, the mighty Questlove of the Roots, Amir Questlove Thompson, and James Poison um, of the Roots, who did so much work on that album. Um, because of that phone call, I was able to work on that album. Because of the because of the call from Questlove, I was able to work on the uh, the Roots and Elvis Costello album. Uh, because you know, phone calls like that from him. I was able to work on the Roots album with John Legend, Wake Up. 
Mm. Uh, uh, you know, because of, you know, you know, because of Jazzy Jeff <clears throat> and those six producers, the Misfits, uh, those six producers, Keith Pelzer, Darren Henson, Vidal Andre, Vidal Davis, Andre Harris, um, uh, the amazing um, Carvin Hagen, Carvin Hagen's Ivan Barrios, um, these great producers and writers, um, I was able to work with and work on albums like Flowetry and Music Soul Child and Jill Scott, and, you know, Faith Evans, and, you know, <clears throat> worked on a lot of music, man. You, you know, you I'm surprised so, you didn't mind you didn't mention the Michael Jackson piece. Oh, How yeah, was it yeah. like working with him? Um, where I worked with Marsha and Andre Harris, um, Marsha and Dre were working on this. Marsha had somehow forged a relationship with Michael Jackson. I have, I have to ask her to remind me how she met him and how that all came together. Well, I know um, she wrote Butterflies for him. That's the song I played on, but but there had a relationship had to be forged there. Yeah. Like, you don't just be like, oh, yeah, I wrote a song for Michael Jackson. It was like, right. there's a story. <laughs> there's a story that goes along with that. Um, and I was in the studio, A Touch of Jazz, uh, Jazzy Jazz Production House, which where we all were, which with Jill got, where Jill recorded her first record. And, um, and, um, um, I was working on a song. I was working on something in the studio, and I was leaving. And Dre let me hear the song um, uh, "Butterflies," and I was like, "What the hell?" <laughs> it was just so dope. And we were sitting. He let me hear it in the car in the parking lot of the studio, and it was like, and I and I and I and I sang this whole line. And he was like, yo, you got to put that on there right now. We're going back up to New York tomorrow to deliver the finished product. I think Mike's going to cut his vocals tomorrow, but I think Marsha's demo was already on there, which she also released on the Floor Tree album. Uh, so I called my boy, Matt Cappy, my, my right-hand man, trumpet player, from uh, East Philly, as he calls it, uh, over in Jersey. And um, we got it down that we put the horn lines down on butterflies, put the hundred engine on butterflies that night in Philly at a touch of jazz. And um, Trey took, Dre and Marsha took the song back up to New York. And from what I understand, uh, he was very happy with what we had. With we with, with, with what we did on that song, and you know, I can say that um, you know that I have recorded with Michael Jackson, and you know, the rest is history, literally. Yeah, that's an that's an amazing song, absolutely amazing song. I want to get to the the Kimmel Center because I'm gonna be honest, I had never heard of um, I never heard that album, and I never heard the Kimmel Center. But I heard you on another podcast and you mentioned that you were the first person, the first African-American to record a live album there. So how did that process come together? <laughs> how long is this podcast? Um, we got time, brother. Yeah, well, no, no. I mean, I mean, I say this with all humility. If you have not heard the Jeff Bradshaw and Jeff Bradshaw and friends home one special night at the Kimmel Center album, then um, I think you should. I'll <laughs> um, agree. <laughs> it was it was a jazz, it was a music festival on wax. <laughs> yeah. Um, Twelve of some of my favorite people uh, agreed to come and do this live album with me. Take six. Kim Burrell, Trombone Shorty, Kenny Lattimore, Will Downing, Najee, 
Bilal, Marsha Ambrosius, Robert Glasper, Tweet, Eric Roberson. I mean, <laughs> like, that's what we did on that warm Wednesday uh, in downtown Philly at the Kimmel Center. And to this day, people still don't know how I did it. You know, people are like, man, how did you pull those artists together? I was like, you know what, man? It was all love. And I just asked. I just wow. asked. And God touched their heart. And most of them are my, my, my brothers. And Kim Burrell is like my big sister, Pastor Kim. It's like my big sister. And take six, I just met on the Capitol Jazz Cruise several months before that. Um, I mean, it was just, that, you know, that's my family, you know, that's my family. And uh, we came together and, you know, some people regard it as one of the greatest nights of Philadelphia music history. Um, I'll take that. <laughs> I, I mean, people say it's the greatest, it's the best, it's the greatest show I've ever seen in my life. Like, that was Philadelphia music history. And when people, you tell people that, you're like, what? And you tell them who was there, like who was there and what we were able to accomplish. Um, I hope that's what they say. I hope that's what they continue to say. Um, and go. And when people go back and listen to that album and hear what we did, I used to, uh, one of the top voices in radio at this time in Philadelphia on WBAS, uh, Patty Jackson. Um, she was the MC, mm. you know, and um, it was crazy because during that time, Will Downing was celebrating his 25th year anniversary. We honored him um, that night and celebrating his 25th year of recording albums. and. Um, it was just to have Will Downing and Najee. But to have Will Downing and Najee and Kenny Lattimore on the stage together. But then have Marsha, Bilal, Eric Robeson, and Tweet. It was like those genres. But then have Najee and Trombone Shorty and Take Six. Yeah. It was like musically, it, it covered whatever your musical palette was or is, that album, we captured it that night. Yeah. Some of the greatest, some of the, uh, <clears throat> some of the greatest musicians in and out of the Philadelphia area joined me on stage. I handpicked uh, some of the greatest musicians uh, for this recording. Seasoned friends of mine that are just phenomenal musicians, individually and collectively, they were amazing. Um, it was just an amazing night. Background singers, um, just sharpshooters, Rari Valverde, um, V. Rome, Trina Broussard, like all three of them are artists, have sang with some of, with Layla, Rasan Patterson, Jill Scott, like, I call my friends who are, you know, snipers. <laughs> it was like we got one night to get we got we got one night to get it right, and although we did have a week of rehearsal, um, but you know, I called in all my friends that were pros, friends that I've toured with, you know, friends that have toured with some of the biggest names in music, just to be a part of this band and, and sing background and, and horn players that I've toured with: Matt, Mike, Aaron Good, Mike Burton. Matt Cappy, Aaron Good, Clay Sears, who tours with everybody, uh, guitar player, bass, Thad Tribbett, uh, bass player, just tour with everybody. We, uh, you know, just tour. we started with uh, Jill together and his brother, Ty Tribbett, obviously has done great things. And Thad's played with everybody from Robert Glasper to Music Solo Child to, you know, so many people, man. And, um, Clarence T. Lee Hill from Atlanta. 
one of the dopest musicians I've ever met. Um, Paris Bowens, co-writer and producer on tons of uh, Thai tribute albums. Just a, an incredible musical mind. Having him and T. Lee play together was like, I was like, I'm just gonna put them two crazy, brilliant people in the room and just run. Close the door and run. It's like, <laughs> it's like I know something amazing is gonna come up because not only did I pick people that were amazing, but people that had the right personalities. Right. Guys who have the right spirit to be in. You know, June Burvine came and played on uh, Beyond the Stars, which we co-wrote together, which Take Six sang, which Beyond the Stars is from the first album with Glenn Lewis. Yeah. I mean, it was just incredible. Aaron Draper, percussionist to the stars, I call it. Um, there's a percussionist who's played with any, any and everybody, from Jill to Erica to Eminem. And everybody in between, all the award shows with uh, Adam Blackstone, uh, BB All Stars. So, um, you know, uh, Rashad uh, Rashid Williams, uh, drummer, uh, another drummer who's played with everybody. We started, I st he started playing with me, he was young. And um, he's gone on to play with Jill and John Legend and, and, uh, and other people. And Trey, Trey Lambert. My nephew, my unofficial nephew, but nephew, incredible, <laughs> incredible drummer who's toured the world and uh, played the first couple songs on the live album. Uh, I mean, man, we had a lineup of lineups. Yeah, I'm gonna say um, this. I I'll say this as a, as a person who listened to the album. It's one of the most amazing albums I've ever listened to. And the reason I say that is because it's a live album. And if you're listening to it, especially, if you got on a good set of headphones, it's like you're actually in Damn. the arena. It's mm -hmm. like yeah. you're in the room. You, you guys did a great job of making you feel like you was actually right there live recording. Like there's people, there's audience members. Like I think y'all did it. It was great that they didn't. I don't know if sometimes people take that out, but you can hear the people in the audience yelling for their favorite artists. So it, was, it, it makes you feel like you're there. So. It was, yeah, it was, I, I, like I said, I called, I called the best guys that I know to be a part of this. Um, Mike Comstock, Mike Comstock, and NJ Studios did the uh, the truck recording, truck live recording, and um, um, some of my good friends, Kenny Nash, and. Uh, Oh my God, he's gonna kill me. I can't think of my guy's name. We engineered the uh, <laughs> we engineered front of house because we had to be careful because of the live sound. Um, uh, he does front of house for Jill Scott right now. Oh my God, we've worked together for many years. I cannot think of his name right now. I'm not gonna, I'm gonna I'm I'm get it, I'm gonna get it. Um, but the album was mixed by my brother and dear friend, Vidal Davis. Mm. Um, who is, you know, just an amazing, amazing, he's mixed albums for, mixed records for everybody from Jill to Kendrick the Family Soul to, you know, you name it, he's mixed a, a lot of albums that he produced. So um, I called in the best of the best and we were in like, you know, one of the most prestigious rooms in the city to be the first to, to, to be the first African-American to record there, you know. That's where they do cats and Jersey boys and, you know, <laughs> the Lion King and the fluff orchestra plays there. And, you know, it's in that room. Right. Like a little kid from North Philly who used to play three blocks down the street on the street corner with a bucket at 13 years old. Yeah, it's about that. It's, it's about that. It's about three blocks or three blocks from there. I played on that street corner 30 some odd years before that night. And, you know, it's about that story. It's about like, you can't, you gotta have, you gotta like dream, like dare to dream. Like, don't be scared. You know, did I know that 20 something, 30 something years, 30 later that I would be at that place? It wasn't even built yet. Wow. Yeah, I played three three blocks away at Brennan Chestnut 
the Kimmel Center wasn't built uh, when I was, uh, you know, it was something else there, you know, but did I know, I used to look at the Academy of Music, uh, which is where Philadelphia, was the home for the Philadelphia Orchestra, the Academy of Music, and the Merriam Theater, where all the, play, all the plays come, that's right next door to that. And the Kimmel Center was like the block down, and it was not even built yet. But I used to look at those places like, wow, watching people walk in with their fancy tuxedos on, you know, and all of that, you know. And I was just like on the corner playing, oh, 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 oh. <laughs> you know, playing with my little church brass band, playing on the corner, oh, 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 oh. you know, with our bucket out there, <clears throat> uh, trying to make some money <clears throat> to travel with our church convocation. And, um, did I know what God had in store for me uh, several years later, you know? So now when I ride by both of those corners, I, I know that there's nothing I can't do, nothing I can't accomplish as an artist. Why? And people are like, well, you know, people, you know, a lot of times people are scared to do things because there's no template. Like there's nobody that did it before them. So it's like, well, you know, it's these uncharted waters. I don't know what's going to happen, you know. I was like, so what? Let's go. Let's go. Let's figure it out. Just because nobody did it, that's awesome. That's better for us. Right. And that's how I've always felt about it. I was like, nobody did it. Let's go. Nobody did a live album. Let's go. Let's get me call my friends, get the baddest musicians together, baddest singers. Let's go and do it. Let's figure out how to do it. It's got to be a way to do it. Oh, we're going to wait for somebody else to do it and be like, oh, yeah, let's do what so-and-so did. No. I was like, we're going to do a live album. We're going to figure it out. We're going to figure out how to pay for it. That almost killed me. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> Literally almost killed me. I'm going to ask Robert Glasper, who apparently, like, wins Grammys, like, every year, Oscars and Emmys. You know, I was like, my friends are, like, Grammy and just, just award-winning people. I'm just, I'm blessed with, with these amazing relationships with these, with my guys. So <clears throat> I called Robert Glasper, who was my co-executive producer. And I said, hey, man, help me put this thing together. So I went up to New York and we sat at uh, BB, we not at BB King's, I got, I got to think of the name of the barbecue place. And me and Robert sat up in this barbecue place for about six hours. And after several Heineken's and ribs and chicken and barbecue sauce everywhere, uh, we came up with the songs that everybody should sing and, we should, Kimberell should sing a song by Music Soul Child. Bilal should pay tribute to Philly by singing uh, Where Do We Go From Here by Enchantment. Um, you know, um, Take Six should do the Glenn Lewis song. Uh, and then I wanted to do another, I did two songs with Take Six. And I did, I wanted to do the Elder Barge song, All This Love with Take Six. Then, you know, Najee would pay tribute to um, Grover Washington Jr. by a song I wrote on the album called For Grover. Uh, oh, yeah. As you play that. And, you know, I mean, we just, it just came together, man. And um, <clears throat> me and Trombone Shorty on stage at the same time, like in Philly, let's get it. You know, my brother in the parallel universe. And he's on my new album as well. My new album is about to drop. He's on that too. But uh, <clears throat> it just kind of came together, man. It was just, uh, it just I'm, I'm so blessed, man, to God be the glory for all he has done. I'm just truly blessed. Living the dream, 25, 26 years in, I'm still like dreaming and dreaming and dreaming bigger and dreaming bigger and just trying to find ways to uh, put some good in the world, make historic music that people can you know, make beautiful music uh, with this trombone and my friends and great producers and, you know, that people will enjoy 20 years from now when people tell me about Bone at, uh, bone Deep. Uh, I can't wait. Bone Deep, will, my first album, will be 20 years old in three years, two and a half years. In two and a half years, my first album will be 20 years old. Wow. That's How about that? In two and a half <laughs> years, my first album, Bone Deep, will be 20 years old. If God, if God allows me the grace to see it, because, you know, 
tomorrow isn't promised. And I'm just thankful that God gave me the career that he's given me. But man, you know, it's like, wow, my first album in two and a half years, in less than three years. Well, I guess, well, 21, 22, 23. So I guess in three years. In three years, in three years, my album, my first album will be 20 years old. It's been 17 years since I recorded Bone Deep with Jill Scott and Bilal and Gerald Veasley and Cal Riddick and Darius Rucker from Hootie and the Blowfish. And like, that's how I came out the gate. I came out the gate like that. <laughs> with a, a very hot flow tree in 2003 with a very hot Glenn Lewis in 2003. Like, I, uh, we came out smoking. Like, what is this? Who is this guy? Like, I had a trombone? Like, wow. You know, it was like, I was so blessed to have so many people. You know, I was like, yo, you recorded with Darius Rucker? I was like, yes. <laughs> and we're still friends. We were label mates. He did a solo album called Back to Then on Hidden Beach. Like a solo R&B album, kind of like, you know. And, um... That's when I met him, and I asked him to be on my album. He was like, sure. <laughs> he was like, sure. He was like, just call me and let me know when it is. I caught him. Hooting the Bluefish was coming through Philly on a tour. He came into the studio earlier that day before his sound check and recorded the song. He came in with him and a good friend of mine and, uh, that, that I tour with now, with Patty LaBelle, Jazz Nixon. Incredible uh, keyboardist. And uh, and uh, Darius came through and sang the song. Uh, as a matter of fact, the background singers on that song was Cal Riddick and Fatine Dancer from uh, Kendrick the Family Soul. Sang background, sang background in that song. The song was called Yesterday. Yeah. It's a good song, man. Good song. Darius Rucker was on my first album. <laughs> I'm gonna definitely have to go back. I'm gonna I'm gonna end it with this because you got such an, an amazing discography, just everything you've done and achieved in music. Looking back on your own journey, how would you define? Um, my steps have been ordered by God. I'm truly blessed. Uh, that to be a child of the king, that none of it's by accident. Every step I've taken in this business has been ordered by the God that I serve and love. Um, every opportunity, every heart that was touched to give me an opportunity, I give all the glory to God for these opportunities and will continue with every breath of my body to acknowledge him for these opportunities, for this gift that I have, for the hearts of people that are touched, that want to hear music from this little trombone player from North Philly. Um, I'm, I am truly blessed. Yeah, you definitely are. I, I thank you so much for doing this. I truly appreciate it. Oh, man, it's a blessing. And don't forget, uh, mid-September, well, my, my first single just dropped. My second single just dropped. I Do Sincerely feature Marsha Ambrosius. And my new album, Stronger, is about to drop mid-September. The album has Raheem Devon, Robert Glasper, Marsha Ambrosius, Amber Jean of Moonchild, Mickey Miller, Christian McBride, Glenn Lewis, Frank McComb, DJ Jazzy Jeff, Paula Champion, I mean, <laughs> Jeff Morrell, Trombone Shorty, so many great people on this new album, man. It comes out mid-September. Uh, the album is called Stronger, and it is my best work. Well, we're going to definitely make sure to look out for that. Let's tell them, we got to also tell the people how they can um, follow you on social media. 
and get more familiar with you. Uh, all social medias. I at I am Jeff Bradshaw on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. It's I am at I am Jeff Bradshaw on all of it. Uh, my website is Jeff Bradshaw. Uh, I am Jeff Bradshaw dot com. I am Jeff Bradshaw dot com. www. I am uh, I am Jeff Bradshaw dot com. Um, all my music, my first album, Bone Deep, Bone Appetit, Jeff Bradshaw and Friends, Home, One Special Night at the Kimmel Center. Um, all my current albums are out everywhere on iTunes, Apple Music, um, Deezer, you know, Amazon. All my music is out everywhere. Uh, all my music videos are on YouTube. You just put on Jeff, put in Jeff Bradshaw, and you'll see. Um, all my live videos of concerts, live some of my music videos, things that I've done. Get caught up on who on Jeff Bradshaw. <laughs> Get caught up before this new album drops. Uh, the first thing on this new album, uh, I did a remake of Prototype, uh, featuring Raheem Devon and Robert Glasper. The video was amazing. Check that out. And the new single just dropped, uh, featuring Marsha Ambrosius. I uh, do sincerely. It's the name of the song. It's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful song. Uh, and I can't wait for this album stronger to come out. This is these are these are difficult times, and I've been in the street now. This is a lot of stuff I didn't talk about. I didn't talk about a clarion call for justice, uh, where I go from city to city and put out a clarion call for all horn players to join me at really certain places in every major city, and we come together and we play a musical protest with about 40, 50 horns. We get together and we play music and protests of systemic racism and, and police brutality. Yeah, so I've been I've been doing a lot, you know, right now. That's what I'm, I'm in the midst of, dropping new music and getting in the street with these horn players and with my band, the All Call Band, uh, traveling the country, doing the clarion call for justice. Yeah, so I've been, you know, I'm blessed, man. I'm, you know, trying to put some good in the world one day at a time. You definitely are, brother. And Again, thank you so much for doing this. A man with your stature and your your achievements to do my podcast has truly been an honor. And I sincerely thank you. Oh man, so it was, it was my honor. Thank you for having me. Thank you. I want to thank everyone who's continued to support the podcast and listen. I greatly appreciate all your support. Um, you can follow me on Instagram as conversations underscore with underscore length. Thank you all. Have a great day. <laughs>